this is a song that I don't know. Let's go acapella. Uh, uh, uh. Thank you for listening to Homo in Training. My name is Leslie. And I'm Jay Daye. And we are hosts on this podcast. Homo in Training podcast is a bite-sized entertainment that focuses on introspective conversations with two queer Latinx millennials. We know everyone hates millennials. Please. Trust us. We get Please. we hate ourselves. I hate me. I hate <laughs> I hate. Each week we rotate between three segments called Buffalo Moment, Entertainment Review, and some science shit. And you are likely to be here for entertainment review this week. Oh. Ooh, ooh. So you <laughs> so you might be thinking three segments like what is that about the reason behind that and i'll tell you really quickly quickly is because we hate being bored bitch that's it mm-hmm. it's the board it's the board for me it's the board for me <laughs> and the board we just don't know her so we want to keep it fresh and spicy and different and quirky and we just can't be tamed this entertainment review segment is where we break down <gasps> movies music and tv shows we watched and loved we take a critical eye to it and let you know how we really feel. Today and we are talking about Dream Girls. You're I am so happy that we are doing this episode because Dream Girls actually came out December 25th, 2006, the movie, not the Broadway. Mm-hmm. And that's this week. Mm-hmm. Christmas is coming up, it's in a couple days. Which is crazy to think that we made it. Have we made it to the end of this year? We made it to something. We're here. I am something. And I'll get more into Dream Girls in a second. But yes, we are talking about um, a musical today. And it's a little different from before because we usually cover music, but not musicals. And Mm -mm. you being a music slut, Mm -hmm. do you even like musicals? I'm going to be honest. Uh-huh. Be as honest as you possibly I'm going to be can. an honest Abe. Because, <laughs> you know, Abraham Lincoln was known as Honest Abe, which I don't mm-hmm. know about that. Yeah, he was also really racist. You know that when they ended, like, uh, they did, like, the Emancipation Proclamation? The Emancipation Proclamation. That he was, like, working, trying to find a way to send them all back to Africa. Yeah. I hate I Africa. don't want to associate myself with Abraham Lincoln. What I meant by that was that, you know, back in school, we're like, be, like, honest, Abe. <laughs> Anyways, so I want to be honest, and I don't like musicals. What? I don't. Why? I don't know if it's the music for me. <laughs> Don't I don't know, know if it's the part where they sing. I don't know if it's the singing or if it's the music. But you like music, so why wouldn't you like a musical? That's the gag. So I love music, thoroughly, through and through. I love music, but for me, there's something about movies and putting music in there that is just not who I am. I think it's the dialogue. It's like, okay, you can have a movie, but when you're trying to sing to me how you feel, and you're going to sing to me you know, that you're going to leave. It's just, I don't receive it. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh in your face. And I think that's why I just don't like musicals. I will never seek them. Because when it starts singing, you're already taken out of the fantasy. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm like, well, that's not realistic. No one would sing in real life. No one would. I would never sing to my partner. I would never sing to my friend, my boss, my mom. Leave and keep the door open because I will walk through that door when you leave. No, I will never do that. And I think that's what it is for me. So I, me, myself, person, me, myself, and I, I've never liked musicals. I don't know about you, but we'll get to you in a little bit. I like Dreamgirls and I'm glad that it was like a good mix. 
I don't think I would have been able to sit through the whole thing if it was a full-on musical. Like, if it was, like, a... Because most musicals are, like, two hours, so... Yes, I would have been, like... This is it. And this is it for me. I probably would have drank more wine than what I did. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot do this, like, even halfway. Yeah. Like, well, like, thank you for paying attention. But I actually liked it. Yeah. I did like it. And this isn't me being a Beyonce stand. I really liked the background, which sheds light into a, a bigger a bigger issue that's present now. But you like musicals, I think. I love musicals. And I, I think just you were part of a musical back in high school. I was in I was in a musical back in high school. It was Charlie Brown. I, I was Charlie Brown in the musical You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Yes, you can say I'm the lead. You yes, can, you can say he's a star. You can say I'm a star. And if you really want, he will sign your t shirt for I'll you. I'll sign whatever you want. Like I will literally you know what? If you guys acknowledge me, period, on this fucking podcast, I would just appreciate any no. any sort of attention. But no, I just was part of like choir. Mm-hmm. So that type of singing I'm like used to. And for me, musicals are like high-end movies. It's like, you know how some movies are outrageous, Mm -hmm. but they're meant to be outrageous? Mm -hmm. I think musicals are like that, where it's meant to be kind of like, oh shit, like y'all gonna break out in a dance scene and then just like change the whole vibe of the whole movie. And I think that's like why I like musicals, because they're so silly and they're just like so much. And Mm -hmm. I'm a lot. I love being a lot. You are. Do you think that you being a really artsy person and being super into music, do you think that you'd be able to take that like bias out of it and be like, hmm, I can thoroughly enjoy musicals without you being in choir, you know, playing in the orchestra, or is that too hard? I don't think I would like musicals if I mm. didn't have that background. Because I have like a different appreciation for that type of corny singing mm. because... A lot of musicals, this one not so much, but a lot of musicals use the same melody Mm -hmm. to convey the message through the singing, which Mm -hmm. can get really repetitive and kind of like, ugh, I guess. But when you think about like the aspects of like setting it up and how that song feeds into the next song and like all those intricate things that happen in creating a musical, I'm more just like can appreciate it in that way. What is the first musical that you saw? That I remember. That you remember. Hairspray. Have you ever seen it? I've seen clips of it. You've seen clips of it. But yeah, I had Amanda Bynes. Yeah, Amanda um, Bynes. Uh, and that John Travolta. Yes. Um, and then this other person. Um, yeah, that was the first musical I saw. And I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. But it was like already silly. So I was able to be like, oh, okay, it's, it's silly. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go see Wicked live. And seeing live musical is completely different than mm-hmm. seeing it. Like through like a TV, TV media or something, or through like just like a audio thing. Like it is just an experience that you just have to do it. You mm-hmm. have to go to a live show to be like. And I think all of those things combined made me really appreciate live music and what goes behind it. Because mm-hmm. musicals, you can't really hide behind auto tune. You can't hide behind anything because you're you're moving. You're you saw them dancing. No, it's a whole. I have respect for it. Because you know that, and I'm telling you, song, Uh I'm telling you. Uh Imagine someone has to sing that live every night. No, I don't. I um I do have a lot of respect for it. You mentioned that there's a narrative that goes on right with musicals that you appreciate. Do you think you'd be able to get that same narrative if there wasn't music? Like let's say the Dream Girls. Do you think you'd be able to get that same narrative if there wasn't that music part in it? Yeah, for okay. sure. Because it would be like a movie. It'd mm-hmm. be like a normal movie. 
Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's the whole point is that you're wanting to watch something that's a different type of normal movie. Mm-hmm. You want to watch it because of the high end, whatever. Like, same thing with like telling a scary story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell a scary, you can tell a story. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to make it like dramatic, mm-hmm. like euphoria? Or are you going to make it gory like us? Like mm-hmm. really, there's any way that you can tell a story. It just depends what niche you're going like into. Like what your what technique you're going to use. Yeah, like a sci-fi. Yeah. Like as your storytelling thing mm-hmm. and all that. And for me, I'm just like open. But like I said, my background in orchestra and in choir and having to sit through so many of them, mm-hmm. you gain a different appreciation when you see the hard work that goes into yeah. it. And you're like, I respect that. And yeah, do that. You know what? Let's jump into this fucking musical right motherfucking now. Let's do it. So, Little Miss Dream Girls started off as a Broadway play. Broadway, this ass. What if I was a dream girl? I'm a dream. Do you think I could be a dream girl? Be honest. No. Okay. Okay, so Dream Girls is based off of an actual Broadway musical called Dream Girls. That play is actually from 1980, so that's an old. It's that an old is play. an oldie. I wasn't even born then. Yeah, and Dream Girls came out in 2006 and stars the amazing, the the literally the most slept on person in the whole entire world, Jennifer Hudson. I said it through the movie. You heard me, I and heard, I say it every time. Say Jennifer it again. Hudson vocals unmatch. She I'm has not. the range. She has the range, and she's a good actress. But I remember watching it when she was in that American Idol season, and I thought she was so good. And I was like, wow. And seeing her, her like her trajectory from then. And now, like, to what she is, I think she did an amazing job. She's definitely slept on. And I was telling you throughout the whole time when I watched Dream Girls, I was like, every time I listen to Jennifer, I'm just, like, literally floored. Because I'm like, this woman, like, please. Please, take all my money. Take my money. Take, take my money. Please. What do you need No, me? what do you need? What do you need from <laughs> me? Someone else who starred in the movie, the one, the only, Beyonce. I'm so sorry. I don't, Beyonce is not an... She can't ask. <sighs> I think she's an artist, full spectrum, but I think that movies aren't her thing. She she's not terrible. She's not. She's not. She's not bad. She's not. It's just that remind me the movie came out when? 2006. Six. That was 14 years ago. I think that's when Beyonce was also doing like Austin Powers. Not oh, yeah. Not, not believable. Uh-huh. I think she was just trying to market herself as this, like, like multi, triple threat, like, you cannot, you will see me in every screen, every radio. And I just think it's because that's not her realm. Like, she just hasn't been in that. It's more the music industry. And it also starred uh, Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. Y'all know him from stuff. He has worked in music before, but mostly movies. And he was in the film Ray, mm-hmm. about Ray Charles, so mm-hmm. he can sing. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie Murphy, which good singer. He has a song called My Girl Likes to Party All the Time. Oh my God. All the time. And he's like... Back in the day. And I'm just like, this is like this guy who's an actor and a comedian. I just had no idea that he was out here fucking singing like way, way before my time. Yeah, and... But he's just pretty good. And singing. And singing, no, full-blown like, singing. Like, flu- full-blown singing. And the story takes place back in the 19-somethings, you know, 60s, 50s, all that jazz. It's loosely, 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 very loosely based off the story between the Supremes and their record label Motown. Mm-hmm. But it isn't an exact 
telling of that story. Okay. They just like loosely base a lot of different people okay. from from the movie and okay. features Effie White, who is Please Jennifer me. Hudson. Who plays Effie White. She's a big girl. She's thick. She's thick, and she's part of a trio called the, the Dreamettes. Dreamettes. Ooh. And then in the Dreamettes, there is Dina, who is Beyonce, mm-hmm. and Laurel. And Effie and Dina and Laurel, they want to be famous. They, they want to sing. Mm-hmm. They go to a contest in the beginning to, you know, see if they can win the contest. Do a little doo-wop. Do a little doo-wop, 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 doo-wop. And they lost. But then, unfortunately, but luckily, they ran into someone named Curtis. Who, who was a man? Who was a man? Who so we, we already know. We all know what because what he's that trash. Means. He's a man. Um, he's played by Jamie Fox, and he's kind of like the smug. Want to be like manager, but kind of knows what he's doing, but also like super manipulative and is just greedy. Greedy. One of the seven deadly sins, folks. One of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And we don't do sins up in here. Mm-mm, I'm Christian. And then, yeah, and then he basically does his little womanizing, manipulating. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then he gets these girls' airtime. Mm-hmm. And basically the story is the perspective of Effie going through being part of a girl group where because she's not the prettiest in the movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jennifer Hudson is beautiful. but amazing. Because she is not the prettiest and the skinniest, but has the most amazing voice, she gets overlooked and then... Pretty much Curtis is like, Dina, a.k.a. Beyonce, you're the prettiest, be in the front. Yeah, Dina, you're what the TV wants. Which also back then, guys, like Jay mentioned, it's in the 50s and the 60s. So you guys do the math. One plus one equals two. This is like also, don't know if we mentioned, these are African-American women trying to make it in the industry. So you can imagine that, you know, Jay mentioned Effie was not, not what was played on TV or social media, which is what we see even now. Like there's a look back then and Dina is what fit that role. And so Effie was put to, to the back. And, and so Beyonce, a.k.a. my mom, my second mom, was put to the front. So that's Dina. And so I think that's important to note that back then it was different. Yeah, and I can't believe we, like, completely forgot that that was, like, the whole main part of it. Well, I think it goes to show that for us it's very normalized. Like, yeah. of course, like, these women are trying to be – but also then even noting on top of that, L.A. are their women – yeah, they're being women. manipulated by you know men, uh, men and I want to be men, and you know we do hate men, and I think we make it you know n- clear clear in this podcast that men are trash, men are trash, and so we see that dynamic, which is also you know speaking to the industry then, like y'all can imagine then, can you imagine now, and also imagine then. You know, and that's with like women not speaking out and especially women of color, specifically African-American women not speaking out about the racism, sexism that went on back then. Who knows what else and everything in between. Yeah. And the movie doesn't hide that, obviously, because Mm -hmm. it's very black and we love it. And they also cover some really real life things that happened back in the day where white artists would steal from black artists. Yes, it's still happening to this day. But back then, it was literally like taking off the label and just putting slapping on on a white label. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny because you see it. You see it in the movie. Like you see like, you know, the dream girl singing with soul. And you see Jimmy over there singing with soul. And then they have the white people steal the song and completely take the soul. I'm going to say something very problematic maybe to some people yeah but it was almost like taylor swift <laughs> who does she steal from other than lana well it's <laughs> listen 
<laughs> it's just it reminded me of that blandness. It's blandness, like, yeah. Blandness of mm-hmm. like I can't move to this, uh-huh. and I think that it goes to show you, you know, some things that can seem like too much are then like uh, turned down a little bit to accommodate the general public. Yeah, and that's exactly what they deal with in the movie. Yeah. Not only are they trying to make the group more palatable by having Dina, aka Beyonce, be in the front, but they're also fixing the way that they act mm-hmm. while they're performing. Their tone, their, their attitude, tone. their the way they're presentable, the wigs, the everything. Because they're trying to break into mainstream pop charts, mm-hmm. which is largely dim- dominated by white people, mm-hmm. which to this day is still dominated by yeah. white people. The Grammys. The Grammys. Fuck you, Grammys. Um, but it definitely just goes to show how art is stolen. And I think it goes to show like greed, the dynamic of power, of money, and all of that. And then you just throw in the race, classes, sexism in there and it just it's messy it's messy and they get their shit stolen because there wasn't any protection for black people back Mm -hmm. then so they could really do anything and now i mean i guess we are lucky because now there are copyright laws there are laws that stop things like that from happening but at the same time if you are an artist living in some random country with no money no lawyers you wrote a badass song and then three months later, someone else is covering it and makes it a popular song. You can't really do anything about yeah, like, it. Yeah, like, good luck. Which, this is a tangent, but remember Princess Nokia came after Ariana Grande and was just For like... For Seven Rings. And was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it like this. Which, shit is being stolen still. Still, to this to day. To this day. To this day. No and it's, and it's, money, it's be, it's be all it'd things. be your number one. It'd be on your Spotify rap. <laughs> it'd be your Spotify number one song <laughs> that was actually stolen. And... As the thing goes on, you know, Effie has a really intense attitude. She is yeah. uh, she is a no bullshit kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, back then, like, you talk back at all. It's like... You're not going to get away with it. You're not going to get away with it. And kudos to fucking Effie for being like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to fucking say what I want to yeah. say. And I think that doesn't go without saying that even now you won't get away with it. But I think back then, like, you really want to go away with it. So I think definitely kudos to her, as you mentioned, and her sticking to her authentic, unapologetic self of like, I know my worth, I know my voice, and I know that it's rare. Mm-hmm. And her being like, you won't treat me like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be lead. I need to... This is I need to be respected. I, I need to be respected. It doesn't matter how I looked or not, but like, I can sell. Like, this is a voice that I have on me. I got the pipes. Yeah. And yeah, and then that story just follows her and the, we don't want to spoil anything. We really hope you watch it because it yeah. is it is a really good movie. We rented it for $3. It's not long either. And it's, it's actually an hour very, and 10 minutes. It's very entertaining. Very. Yeah. From very. the beginning to end. Like, it is just so good. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the music in it. Mm-hmm. What songs mm-hmm. did you like the most out of it? Which ones, like, really impacted you? So it's going to be super cliche with the Jennifer Hudson, a.k.a. Effie White song where she's like, and I'm telling you, you're gonna love me. Which you made a comment when we were watching in the movie, and for you, it's rewatching it, where you're like, imagine still loving someone and like almost like a desperate, like a shot in the dark vulnerability. We you talk, know, we talk about it in our platonic love episode. Absolutely about, about like how exposed you are when you are telling someone like these are my feelings this is my heart and it's gonna hurt me if you leave me so just Mm -hmm. don't leave me yeah i can relate i can feel that i can feel what she was feeling because i can always feel like that when i care for someone or when it's a friend or a family relative that's just not complying and you're just like listen bitch 
You said that you watched clips mm-hmm. before. Have you listened to it? And I'm telling you, have you yes, I had listened to it for so. So what was it like watching it with context? Because you got the whole context yeah. instead of just like, why is this bitch singing? Yeah, words? no, it was emotional. Wasn't it? It was emotional. Because yeah. I could put a visual to it and I could be like, it makes sense. Because before when I would listen to it, I was like, okay, I guess she's just like really out here heartbroken maybe. Mm-hmm. But I knew the story and I was like, she has every right to feel like that. Yes, ma'am. You better sing that song. So I had watched little clips before, but I hadn't seen the full movie. Mm-hmm. It gave me more context and gave me more understanding behind the song. And so that's why I really like that one. And I like the Dina one where she finally kind of breaks free. Oh, listen. Yeah. And what'd you like about listen? Because it's like Dina, okay, I'm saying my second mom, yeah, is out here breaking free and being like, you should have listened to me. Yeah. And then also, guys, if you guys have listened to our communications, boundaries and communication, they never had communication in there. It's like, okay, Beyonce, aka Dina, I'm sorry, Dina, you should have communicated. I do not want to do that movie. That is not me. This is what I want to do. It says she was subtly saying, like, I don't know. And then she wrote a song about it and saying, like, you don't own me. Mm-hmm. And when you see the movie, when you guys look it up and stuff, you'll see that you can easily tell that she is someone that is in, kind of in a cage, mm-hmm. giving, like, you know, her success and being a woman in that industry that maybe feels like she can't go, you know, and move without this, this man controlling her. So that's why I think I really liked it because it, I felt the way that she was singing it was like, this is it. And this is me telling you. That you are this close on thin ice and I'm really about to leave because you should have listened to me when I said you should have noticed from me giving you subtle hints maybe in in our daily life that I was not comfortable, that I didn't want to do this, that I didn't want that, that I wasn't happy. I'm not at home in my own home. And that's what it... I love that lyric. That's my That's what it was for me, guys. Because when I come to my home... <laughs> I better feel like fucking home. I better fucking right feel now. like home. And that's when you know something's weird. Something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. And I think that's what, in general, when you can know that you're not in a good place. And that's when you can maybe dig a little bit. Is it your home home? Is it the people that you live with? Is it your situation? Especially because I think we mentioned a lot that your home should be a sanctuary. For sure. And it should be a place that you should be able to come to and just like distress, relax and everything. So her saying like, it's not my home. It's like, you're right. It's not because you don't love this man. And he doesn't love you. He doesn't you. love you. He loves the money behind you. And he loves what you're doing for him. And you've gotten him status. And I actually, you know, to throw another one in there, I like one of Jimmy's earlier songs where he was like, you're going to fake it till you get to the top. It's true. It's true what you have to do in the industry, no matter what people say. But it's what we're doing with our podcast. Yeah, (laughs) We're faking it till we get to the top. So I really like the soul in that one. And so for me, those songs were what did it for me. So I just mentioned my favorite songs, which I mentioned, what about you, what you got? Obviously, and I'm telling you, is a classic. Like, literally classic. And I think I've seen Gin Girls maybe eight times. So really? I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to watch it again. I just love it's just. Such I a can good movie. watch it with you again. And then you know the words, so this time we can actually sing along. What about now, that song, though? It's that, like, basically, like, I'm telling you that I'm not going. You're the best man I've ever known, and there's Lying. no way that I'm leaving without you. And my favorite part, too, is, like, I don't want to be free. And, like, for that, is like, damn, but you have to be in some sort of spell fucking something to, like, say that. Like, imagine saying that out loud. I don't want to be free. That is, like, and we have Dina over here being like bitch get me out of here yeah you have to be in some sort of like state 
that maybe you don't even know, but it's compelling you to say, love me. Yeah, I feel like that whole song was a Freudian slip. The whole, yes. the, the whole thing was just As her. a psychology major. And of course, Jennifer Hudson's vocals are unmatched. And actually, the role is originated from Jennifer Holiday, mm-hmm. who is someone else who can also sing like that. Like, that okay. was her song that she sang every time. Awesome. If you think Jennifer Hudson's extra, the girl, she is extra. And okay. I just love how she just took that song to the next level. Even if you don't know the context, I think everybody knows that song. And there is a song in the movie called One Night Only that is written for Effie. It is just such a good song. Like, I just really love it. It's super passionate and I'm a ballad girl. I'm a ballad bitch. If I had all these songs in my iPod and I was like literally about to die, I more than likely no, would be a ballad. This, is this what you're telling me? Note no, this down. There, have this. There's a uh, on Drag Race, like Audrey Plaza was on, and, oh, and I love her. Every Paul was like, like Audrey, how are you feeling? She's like, this is the best day of my life. I'm killing myself tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, it's like so I funny. love her. I love her. She is so funny. And one night only is about wanting to be with someone, but all you have is that one night and that longing, longing of what would happen if we just saw each other again, and it, mm-hmm. this was you know forever, but. We only got one night only. Yeah. So it's not a regular thing. Mm-hmm. And the debate that goes on, like, should I even like indulge in this? Because I know it's a one night only. Mm-hmm. I love sad girl music. That's I just do. What it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not coming from a sad space, but being able to appreciate from it. For which sure. Which I think is always mine. For sure. And then there is a song with Jimmy, which is Eddie Murphy. He sings a song, I Met You No Harm. He's singing to two women, okay. one that is his wife. And one that is a side chick. And it is just like a beautiful song about not wanting to hurt someone and wanting to be with them and like it hurting so much because something's not working out. Mm-hmm. And when it was like going between the side chick and then the um and then the wife, it was really that torn thing that I obviously find problematic, right? Having a side chick and being yeah. married. But I love that emotion that is behind that feeling when you're in that situation. To feel like that, to have that experience, like, I wonder what that's like. And I don't know. I just loved it. It was very passionate and loved the song. And because they're such good actresses and such Mm -hmm. good songs, I'm able to be like, he can love both of them? Both? Yeah. And obviously he had a lot of shit of other things wrong with him. But because it's things I have never experienced before, Mm -hmm. it's really cool to see it expressed in film Mm -hmm. and makes me enjoy the songs that much more. Okay, so let's wrap it up with why should we recommend this to other people? Let's wrap this home. Now, we love this movie so much, but Leslie, would you recommend this to anyone? I would. Why? I would actually, because I think other than the artistry part of like, it's a musical, not a full-blown musical, and not because Beyonce's in it, but I think it really goes to show how you can later like dig into the background of music music. So we mentioned that this takes place in the 50s and the 60s when Real life shit was actually happening and still taking place in this time where like music is being stolen, masters are being sold, whatever like trickery, fuckery, dickery doc is happening behind the scenes. You'll come to find out that the music that you're listening to actually has deep, deep roots to this, to that. And you're like, oh, I had no idea, which seems to happen to me sometimes when I listen to certain things. I'm like, oh, I had no idea that this was actually a cover of a cover, you know, and it's important to always know if you're super deep into something, you know, to not take it at face value i guess that's just my my whole experience watching dream girls because as we mentioned 50s and 60s a lot of stuff was happening and it just goes to show how music was being stolen 
which is just like, you know, this actually came from this, like the Elvis Presley thing. Yeah, that, that was my biggest like revelation is that all the music that Elvis was releasing was like stolen music. Which is not a surprise now that you and I quote unquote woke, but now knowing that our, our perspective is wider and that we do our own research and, you know, we can go deep and be like, of course. And this goes to, you know, what I mentioned to you is like, I knew that the EDM scene was actually started in like East Coast and like Shawtown Midwest by black people underground yeah. like yeah. they were the and original. in Chicago you don't think EDM is Chicago you think what fucking Switzerland or Sweden yes. that's what you think that's of. all you think but the underground was really like out here with like black people mixing beats and all of this and I'm out here fucking being like damn Diplo's so good which you know Diplo's problematic i don't want to be a part of the problem he's actually stolen a lot from like african beats yeah in general like and, actual african beats yes and i just i don't want to get there yet we will make an episode in the future future but recognizing that and being like i'm actually need to appreciate where the root of this comes yeah. so that's that's why i would recommend it is just to really i guess get down to history and it teaches you to look to know that like all these songs that you might think are bops aren't from white people People think country is a white people genre. It was created by black people. Absolutely. Rock is considered only white people. I mean, we think ACDC, like, that's the only rock people you think, but you don't think of the originators of rock, which were black people, black women. Yeah. Women. Absolutely. You mentioned a country. I just want to let you guys know that Beyonce has a song in Lemonade called Daddy You've Lessons, (laughs) and that shit is con- tree and people were so mad that mad she, that she performed at the what was it at the cmt awards with the and then they were like she doesn't know it is like if you actually really know the blues and the like whatever else are like actually deep southern and like i just hate white people because whenever it's convenient for them then they like allow these things to be included in their charts and in their grammys and all this stuff when it's just like you don't own this it's not yours. It's it never your, was. That's why I don't care about the Grammys. Like, I know a lot of people are happy that Beyonce has, like, 28 Grammy nominations. But it's, like, for Savage, like, that's not even her best work. The Grammys are fake. I just think, in general, it's for people to really look behind what they're listening to and know where it comes from. If you listen to Sam Smith, you listen to Amy Winehouse, and these white artists, you love them so much, just know that there are black artists that are doing things even better. And that's where they... They took their sound from even a I'm sorry even Adele takes her sound from soul music like that's just mm. not what is a bridge bitch doing singing that shit yeah and yeah so please never just accept white as a standard never because, stop learning because racism is real colorism is real fat phobia is real and all these things are real and we love this movie because it really just emphasizes all of those things and really shows you the intersectional experiences that these people deal with because not only are they like black but everyone they're around is also black but then you add the gender dynamics mm-hmm. that intersection and then you add the fat phobia so then not only is is are these people being compared because of their skin color they're also being compared because of the way that their body is and their mm-hmm. gender and, and their like gender. it's yeah. like literally it keeps it's a mess yeah and then classism you throw in there and then in general when you throw the industry of music entertainment you hear it from left to right even like from way back then that it's not a friendly industry that you just have to abide by all these marketing rules and policies and you have to what 
what I mentioned, Jimmy's song that I liked, and Fake It Till You'll Make It, you have to really put on this persona or this idea of something and just accommodate to what people are, quote unquote, liking and listening to, even if that's a cost of you, like ditching who you really are. Yeah, and know that there's more than what's on the radio. There is more than just Ariana Grande, Sam Smith, Taylor Swift, Carly J. Car- <laughs> she has her B- Billie Eilish. Like, Billie Eilish. Like, like there are people doing that exact same music, but even better and more. Like y'all need to listen to Labyrinth, man. Labyrinth he is amazing. Is so good. Like people be over here still loving on um, Iggy Azalea. <laughs> Why aren't y'all loving on Cupcake, man? Dude, Cupcake is lit as bars fuck, dude. on bars. Oh my god! And oh, the sexual innuendos. This girl can really just get it. But we hope you watch the movie because yeah. we really enjoyed it. Please tune into our Instagram at Homo and Training. I will be posting so many things about Dream Girls, but also some music history for you guys. I want to post some things to show you, you know, the originators of of rock, so you can really understand that. Um, no offense, white people or even Latinos, but black people are like the superior race, dude. They be out here I, creating I, genres. I did adapting. Say, I did say that. Like putting like, up with everything. Talk, you want to talk about a superior race? Yeah. Like, if you want to talk about what's superior, I would say it's black people. No, I agree. They are talented in every way, and they deserve all the attention. And respect. Literally, all the accolades, everything. Mm-hmm. Like the, And the respect, absolutely. And the love, absolutely. And recognition. Like Recognition. Do respect where it's known. At least if you listen to something, be like, oh, I listened to it because da-da-da-da-da. And actually, you know, I listened to this person. And she was like... After Latinx, um, you know, or straight up black, freaking descent Uganda, like whatever, you know. And that's why a lot of the artists that we cover, aside from James Blake, it focuses more towards a black POC type of thing when it comes to entertainment because we feel like these artists need to be recognized for their mm-hmm. talent and their drive and everything that they do. And yes. we feel it very important for us to highlight these people. Yeah, we highlight other Latinos, like Bad Bunny and mm-hmm. stuff, but like, we really want to keep it very centered on people that are snubbed. I feel like this movie doesn't get the recognition it needs, which is why I really want to talk about it and just give them the respect. At, least the, at least the respect and literally the like posting and the recognition and the adding of people who came out with these really, really good content is what I'm saying. That's just my, my thought process behind that. And, you know, I think when you go on and listen to something and we're saying, you know, Dream Girls covers this whole thing that's still really present. And you would think it hasn't because it was like in the 50s. Yeah, you'll watch this. And that's just so crazy because you'd be like, oh, that would never happen. But it's like, no, it's it's actually happening. And what Jay mentioned is like what we try to do is cover some of these artists that do get snubbed because... Yes, we, we can recognize that. Yes, I listened to Ariana Grande, but what I can recognize is that she wouldn't have that without the sound that was back then. For sure. Which was created by black people and people of color, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and really focusing on black people. So I can appreciate Ariana Grande and trying to deal with the duality of, of maybe liking Ariana Grande, but also knowing that it, the root comes from not her. Yeah. It's not white yeah, people. This, this I will new, never see her as a creator of this. She is not creating no new sound. She is, she not, is not changing the music industry. No, she is absolutely. taking it. Absolutely. And I'm Absolutely. Absolutely. She is not taking it. She's and she's not creating. Mexican. She's Italian. That's she's white. Italian, guys. She's white. That's white. She's blackfishing. And uh, she is you know, we're not gonna get into it. We're not gonna get into that. Time. Guys.
guys. But Thank you saying, so much. But yeah, but there are definitely other people that are not problematic that make amazing music. And if you know people that are not problematic that make amazing music, email us at homoandtrainingpodcast at gmail.com because we want to hear from you. And don't forget about our Instagram. You guys can always DM us. We both manage that. So Please, we love Bye. getting DMs. We love you. Bye, guys. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Bye.